Did you miss us? I miss Susie. I miss you every minute of every day. Right? I was actually really sad when you were gone. You were not. I felt like... Because I, I never leave. That's probably why. Yeah, it was like, like it was like you're always there. So I know if I need you, you're right there. But then when you weren't, you know, it's kind of like you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Joni Mitchell never lies. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, after I miss, I missed her a little bit. Welcome. Yeah. Episode two fifty nine. Yep. We are here for yep. you. Yes. Delicious dish. You're on the air. <laughs> um. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing real well. You've, you feeling good about a fall and... Oh my God, so good. Yeah, you pumpkin I, spicing? No, I'm anti. Oh. Which I think, I don't know On principle or flavor Both. preference? Both. I feel like... Okay, here's a question for you. Yeah. Holiday flavors. Say you ha- get something that's uh, like a Christmas tree scented candle. Mm-hmm. Can you light that candle any time of the year? No. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of nice that you reserve certain scents for just the holidays, but I feel like what happens is I go hard in the first week of October, and then I'm burnt out. Fall in general, yeah, and then I'm almost burnt out by the end of October. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to like pace myself. Okay, trying to like ease into fall and stretch summer as long as possible. Yeah. You know, and you're not you don't like to drink those no, beverages. No, I don't. Don't the thing I'm into is uh, an apple cider. Mm. I'm more of like an apple cider, like outside taking a walk. But I do feel like the the wind, like the weather, has changed. Don't you feel like like yeah. Southern California has a fall wind? Which, yeah, it, the Santa Ana winds is like a real thing. But you <laughs> they know, literally it's not just like they literally do. It's not just <laughs> me saying that. But like I love when those roll in. I'm like. oh. I've never even had a pumpkin spice anything. <gasps> anything? I don't... Well, besides pumpkin pie. Yeah. Oh. So, like... Well, we should what just... What is this drink? The, what is the big deal about it? It's not that... It's, it's really... It's a thing. Yeah, but I think it's the same thing as why you only light your Christmas candle around Christmas time. Okay. It's more... But it's got to be delicious. Sig- it, yeah, it is. I mean... It's 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 a little sweet on the sweeter side for me. Is it cinnamon? No, it's exactly like what the flavors. So you know when you make a pumpkin pie, you use pumpkin pie spice, or it'll be a combination of nutmeg, cinnamon, uh-huh. allspice, yeah. clove. Yeah. Essentially, it, it's, it's those, those flavors. It's yeah. pumpkin like, and then with like a hint of pumpkin underneath. And I feel like it tastes too artificial. Like oh. I can taste the art of the same reason I don't like strawberry milkshakes. Ugh, get that crap out of there. Okay. It's fake strawberry. I'm right. not, I'm Maybe not I'll fake. try one and then like report back. I mean, we should just go and make Adam take pictures of us and, <laughs> and just get one. Just to be like, I'll wear my over the knee boots. Right. I'll It'll find some thing. Uggs lying around. Right. I got a pair, don't worry. You know. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, anyway, happy fall. Yeah. Happy fall, y'all. What do you guys want to talk about? Mm. I was I saw this thing. I didn't read the article because I really didn't need to. <laughs> it was essentially college students aren't absentee voting because they don't know how to buy stamps. No. I am serious. No. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? What do we need to... Well, and how many times do we have to talk about you know what? Stamps are common. But yeah. I won't do it this time. Right. But I'm just saying like... It, you, you can know, buy them online. Also at the grocery store. Also at the post office. Also any, like a lot of places. <laughs> but they just are baffled by it, evidently. Mm. 
come on. Is it that sending things, letters has become a dead, you pay everything online. So like, think about a millennial or, or somebody who's younger yes. than us. Yeah. Um, if you've kind of been in this whole internet pay, they yeah. probably don't have a checkbook. Right. Why would you need one? Yeah. If you're doing everything online. Yeah. And yeah, you've never really. I remember that. one time you're sending invitations or thank you notes or anything via mail. So one time I went to the bank to get a roll of quarters mm-hmm. for like parking meter, mm-hmm. and they were out of them. Hmm. The bank. The ba- wait, the bank. Right. For the, some reason, I thought you said the post office. The bank. Effort. The bank was and out then of a roll of on quarters. the same day. I went to the post office and they were out of stamps. And I did a Facebook post about it. Like, what is happening? What, what, the thing the that weird, you're supposed yeah. to have. You are the bank, you have money. You are the post office, you have stamps. Exactly. It's like I went to the grocery store and they were out of food. Right. And so I did a Facebook post about it. And I remember the comments were sort of like, why are you buying stamps and quarter? Why, why would you even need those things? And I was like, what? Oh. Like, you still mail stuff. Yeah, all the time. you still need quarters in some meters. All, yeah. Because in Pittsburgh, they're not all... And gumball machines. <laughs> there are things you need quarters for. Yes. And so I guess we're the old losers. Yeah, I think... Wow. Wow. Uh, but please vote. I, I, oh, my gosh. Have you seen um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's, like... Um, I don't know. What do you want to call it? Like a PSA. PSA. Thank you for voting. Uh, no, just on silent. I haven't. Oh, I it's saw really it. cute. You should hear what she says because she starts off talking about like, like something like a person who is ill-equipped, unprepared, unprofessional somehow becomes president. That's the character I play on Veep, and like, <laughs> the way she does it is real cute. But she talks not about voting. But about if you're somebody who is who's concerned and cares and is somebody who's like, I want to vote, do more than just vote and volunteer as well. And there are so many ways that you can volunteer. And now I wish I remembered the website so I can tell you guys right now. But we'll put uh, it in the newsletter. I will put it in the newsletter. So that's really where, uh, like, it's. she says that your one vote can turn into 50 votes. And it's like, it's it's making your vote... It's multiplying the vote, she says. Yeah. It's multiplying the vote if you're able to volunteer. I don't do, even care what let me side ask you're you this. on. Just be active and participate, and this is really important. But like, do, most, <laughs> do most people you know vote or not? Uh, it's a, it, there, I, there's a divide. Like I know exactly the friends I have that say, I'm just not, the, I'm just not a voter, and I know the ones who are like, I am there Every time, and I'm getting my sticker. Super, and I'm, yeah, they're super you know, into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And is it a certain personality type, or mm-hmm. is it just like busy or not, or whatever? Mm. I know everybody's busy, but yeah, it's more. Uh, sometimes I think it's the people who feel like they're like I think a sen- if you have higher levels or, or have more agency, yeah then you're more likely to do that. If you're somebody who maybe have, has been in a relationship or a family situation where you feel that you have less agency, yeah, then you are not as inclined to vote because mm-hmm. it's like that idea of like what difference do I make where somebody who really takes like an active, like, mm, you know, like takes the reins in their own life 
goes like I my vote counts and I care about this and I want to do this even if it's just a drop it matters right you know? right but if well, you feel I hope like our you listeners that, will vote uh, yeah I, I ran a contest last year I guess it was 2016 where if they tagged us in their I voted <gasps> sticker yeah, posts that. that they would be entered to win something let's do it again okay we'll do that again. absolutely 100% yep 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 okay. uh, uh, I'm into it we'll get like everybody a little... get out there this is so important and it's so fun and sometimes they're at fire stations and perk, you get to see out firefighters. Just saying. I cry every time. Because you get that mo yeah, you know what? I've it's cried like before too. Embarrassing. I, I think and I like cried the last old time. man is there and he'll always be like, Thanks for voting and and then I'm like Because <laughs> you can see what is it that makes you cry, you think? It's meaningful, it's special, it's like the last thing that I mm. hold hope in this country about. It probably gives you a sense of community and like uh connection too like especially that those people who are the volunteers I know. who just care so much and they're like the i mean they're always super annoying i will say we're gonna do that i'm gonna force i you know to do we're that. going That's to be us, those just people. so you know we're going to be sitting there and sue's gonna be like excuse me, do you have your ID? <laughs> or maybe not, because right. maybe we'll hopefully, if that's not a problem then. Right. You know? Yeah, it makes me emotional. Yeah, I understand it's that. It's a special thing. It is so special. It's like tears of joy and accomplishment and like happy tears, right? Right. Have we talked about how um, we both are feeling a lot safer lately? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> your house needed it because you know what I refer to your house as. Death trap? That's right, the murder house. The murder house. Sarah thinks that my house is like serial killer central. I, I don't think it. Right. Science shows. The facts. Studies, the facts show. <laughs> so we you were talking about that a lot when the Golden State Killer got apprehended mm -hmm. and um how i moved into a house that sarah thinks is prime real estate for anybody that wants to burgle me or kidnap my son mm -hmm. so anyway we got a new system that we set up on our door yeah i've talked about this before how we have these video cameras in yeah. our house now and we have the one that goes right outside by the doorbell and then you know you can talk to people mm -hmm. that come to the door and you can see what they're up to yep and I feel I feel safer. I know it's really cool, and like the quality of the video is like freaking great. Yeah, they have HD video, and they have two way. It's called Ring, and it's two way audio features. Um, and you know, you've seen them a lot now in like news stories and stuff because yeah. they catch people doing uh -huh. weird crap or like hilarious things that like True. your dog does, or like a bear <laughs> that like wandered into your front yard. And for our listeners, we have a special offer on a Ring starter kit that's available now with a video doorbell and motion-activated floodlight cam. The starter kit has everything you need to start building a ring of security around your home or a hilarious uh, video capsule. Yep. Yeah, or to go viral. Just go to ring.com slash brain candy. That's ring.com slash brain candy and check them out. They have all different options but that one i think is really handy because if somebody delivers a package you can be like yo you can leave it there or whatever <laughs> yeah. it's just really cool to we have got the holidays coming up so deliveries are going to be true plenty. yep there was an article in the atlantic about whether cities are making animals smarter like oh okay 
like making yep. an express evolution situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you into it? Yeah. Why? Remember, I talked about this a while ago. I was watching. Um, it's when we were talking about the birds in uh, Italy and or Rome and how they were. Well, that is Italy. And, and how they were taking over and they would like leave the city during the day and then come back to the city at night because it was warmer. In that same show, uh, they did a thing on catfish and how catfish are kind of evolving to hunt in a different way. Yeah. And they're hunting at the surface where they used to be bottom feeders. And so the catfish in the rivers in Paris have evolved to catch pigeons that are drinking on the side of the riverbanks. Right. So you're already seeing that it's almost, it's like adaptation. You're adapting yeah. to your environment. And if your environment is one where you have to, I don't know, like work around a, the, the, the new environment. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, the, the one thing that I think we should have more of and the cities where I've seen this, it, I don't know why animals just instinctively know to use this, but have you seen those animal bridges over freeways where they'll create bridges for animals and like over highways and roads? No. Oh, it's so cool. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it because there have been, this has happened in, in a bunch of different cities where they create this animal walkway and they recognize that a lot there's a lot of animals getting killed when they try to cross the major highways. Right. So they create these like little green belts for them to go over, and they're all covered in in green lush. No thing. way. I'm going to show you a picture. That's I'll put it really in the newsletter. Cool. It's really cool, and it's happening all over. And there there's with great success. And I think newer cities like um, uh, Singapore has made an effort to incorporate nature into their buildings. So a lot of their buildings have. Um, what are these called? Vertical gardens that yeah. go along the outside or a treetop. They'll add trees on the top of buildings and it improves the air quality, improves the overall health of the people. There are tons of benefits of incorporating plants and animals into the city. So it's just, I think it's inevitable that we're going to have to do more of this. Right. Uh, it's funny that you say that about crossing the road though, because it was saying how coyotes, which, you know, around here we have a lot of coyotes. And they are vicious. Right, they really are. In fact, in my very house, the previous owner's dog got, you know, was a snack. And they're they're upping, like... They're getting bolder. Yes, yes. When I was younger, it used to be, like, look out for your cats. And all my cats died to coyotes because we lived, like, backed up to a nature preserve. And now, when I lived in the apartment complex in Huntington Beach, there were signs up that said... We lost two of our dogs to coyotes. Be careful. This is what they do. One of them tries to, like, they work in packs. These coyotes have learned how to hunt your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, almost every day on the Nextdoor app (gasps) for my neighborhood, it'll say, like, coyote, lost dog. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And one of them got eaten while they were on the leash. Who? Like, this dog in the the park. neighborhood oh i my lived in God. the coyote attacked the dog while the dog was on the leash because it was a retractable leash yeah and the dog was out at like 20 feet and the coyote just Nabbed jumped it. at his neck and, right oh that makes well, me so sad it said that they have learned where to cross the road oh like coyotes have adapted to yeah. safer road crossing techniques and they figure out um, whether there's a car coming and how quickly based on the volume oh, of, and uh, they can tell the speed of the car. So it's like freaky. And then they did, um, 
these box puzzles that, you know, they tested different animals and the mm. urban <gasps> animals outperformed. Totally. I can totally see the that. rural ones. I can totally imagine that. But then wow. it would, Yeah. That kind of makes you think, okay, I'm going to add something to here, that tech, technology speeds up the evolutionary process for mm-hmm. humans. Yeah, they use the word bends. It bends. Oh, bends. Okay. Evolution. Yeah. So like the rate at which... If you looked at it on a graph, it makes that, it bends it so that it's going up. Yes. Oh, that is super cool. Yeah. And kind of scary. But like, what do you think about like, they didn't go this route, but Mm -hmm. I just thought, what about people in cities? Yeah, I would agree. What, they're more evolved? uh, uh, More, it's, I wouldn't say it's more evolved, but it's, they are. They can work in that environment better. The word I want to use is like adapt. It's like the evolved implies that there is a like a DNA or genetic difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas da- adaptation is almost like... Behavioral. Yes, behavioral. Yeah. It could turn into... Over the, time. Over time, uh, like, uh, you know, change in DNA and things like that. But I look at a- adaptation as I feel like if you were to... Well, it would... Be, you know what? You kind of have to... This would be an interesting experiment of what makes the brain sol- a better problem solver. A well, lot of stimulation or a lot of free time to think and have more creative options with maybe no stimulation from a countryside environment. I mean, in the article, it was saying this adaptability, mm-hmm. um, it causes plasticity, okay. behavioral plasticity. Uh-huh. And so then it becomes a question of, is that smarter Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But it is like, as you're saying, more flexible. Flexible to new yeah situations. You could even think about that as the the belief systems of people who are totally. in a country versus in a city, where the even the beliefs become more flexible. Exposure to more yes. stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Travel, <laughs> all that, dude. We're onto something here. <laughs> Right. Why don't they just hire yeah. us? Just ask us. We got it. <laughs> well, you are really good at this. Like when I, I always text Sarah when I'm listening to our episodes, I'm like, you are so good on this show. <laughs> You're so good. Because I'll bring up an article in which I have all the information. I've read it, mm-hmm. but you like guess it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's really impressive. Oh, Cause you'll thanks. be like, I would call that adaptability. And then I'm like, yep, right here. It says that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's true that like, it's not. It's a cool article because it is yeah. about animals yeah. and urban, rural, whatever. But then you start. To, it gets your wheels turning yes. about people, and if you're exposed to new ideas, does that change your behavior? Does it open you up yeah. to new whatevs? And then you have to think: Is there like a we say with a lot of things? Is there a certain point where it becomes like a law of diminishing returns? Because I right. think of all those apocalyptic movies where it's like a, a dystopian future. Like uh, what's the one I'm in love with? It's like the remake. Of oh, with Ryan Gosling. I don't know. Oh my god, it was so good. Is it about space? E sort of. It's just more like about the future. future. Dude, it's killing me. It was like a remake, and it is so good. I loved it. But it shows how too much of that city almost sent us in the other direction. Where like we can't survive. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, like our basic totally. survival stuff then goes away. We need that that the incorpor like nature and technology have to blend 
together. Uh, we you. really need that. If you have one or the other that exists in, like, you know, separately, then they don't. What right. the fuck is that movie called? Everyone's screaming right now. Oh yeah, it was a remake. <laughs> it's like the future, and he's. <laughs> Look it up. She's now. googling. I am. I'm gonna do it. It's too. It's too. Cause when the 20, 20, 24. I want to say Braveheart, but that's obviously not it. Okay. What is the one? Okay. Well, She's. Whatever. It's got gone yeah. off the rails. Do it. Did I already talk about the survival um, expert article in Esquire? Like it's not checked off my list, but I feel like we already Blade Runner. About- oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that was a really good movie. Everybody should see it. Okay. Checked well. Did I already talk about on another episode about the survival expert that was talking about like if your map tells you there's a lake? Did we already talk about no, this? No, that doesn't ring a bell. Okay. If I already talked about this, I yeah. apologize. Re- refresh my memory. But it's not checked off my list, and I don't know if I did. So there was an Esquire article about it happened to be about surviving in Trump's um, political whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, for me, it was more interesting just applied generally because yeah. he, they, they were interviewing a survival expert and he was talking about a phenomenon that happens when you are, let's say you're lost in the forest mm-hmm. and you have a map. Mm-hmm. And I swear we talked about this. <clears throat> and they, the map says there's a lake a little bit sounds familiar. But not, <laughs> I'm going to need to hear like, Great. No, now? I'm going to need to hear it. Okay, so the map says there's a lake. Mm-hmm. So you go there to where it says, mm-hmm. and there's no lake. Mm-hmm. So in, instead of like, <laughs> like I know we have now, because like people will then throw out their map and be like, this map's not right. There's no lake here. Instead of thinking like maybe... It must have been a very long time. The thing that I'm reminded of is, did I then talk about how the Nile River changed directions and how that used to be in a different place? What if we have covered up? We, we've talked about everything. <laughs> Tell me about that. That's better. Yeah, because it seems like that was one where if you look at a map from, you know, ancient Egypt. Yes, they what They had the Nile River in a different place. The Nile River bend, like, with time. I have and not with heard that. With, um, they believe that it actually ran right next to and maybe under the pyramids of Giza. That, that you was, mean it actually yeah, has moved? Yeah, like the 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 way the river banks of the Nile have moved. Like it used to be, it flowed right here, and then it's now shifted to twenty yards in whatever direction the other way. So the the over time, the way that the things eroded the way yeah. i don't know things grew blah, blah 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 it changed the direction not the direction but the 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 route of the nile river another thing that's changed over time mm-hmm. is interest rates mm-hmm. oh, I sometimes mean, not for the better no for, for the worse yeah. they have gone through the roof and people are looking at their statements like uh excuse me yeah and then they don't even tell you so what's uh, that what's up with that <laughs> All of a sudden, there's just like this huge charge, and you had no idea. And there is a cool solution. It's called Lightstream that will help you roll all of your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with auto pay. And you go on their website and you can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 as soon as the day you apply. I went on there. And I filled out the information. It took like two seconds. It was super easy. It wasn't invasive or anything. 
and I had such a good experience. I thought, okay, this is cool. And then people that I know have used it and Mm. saved a lot of money. And our listeners will get a special discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way to get the discount is to go to lightstream.com slash braincandy, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash braincandy. Subject to credit approval, rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash braincandy for more information. Cool. What were you doing? Oh, the Nile. I just, uh, to prove my point, found this really awesome map uh, online that has uh, the location of of where the Niles, the course of the Nile River across different times. And look at how many different courses it took over like 7,000 years. So just Just changes in, yeah, changes in earth, earth, everything. Like there are so many different things. Like I think maybe how people, you know, were using the river maybe that maybe like development and things that right. they were i don't know what, whatever was whatever cooking. it is but you look at it's from 500 years uh before present to over 5000 years before and you're looking at like 10 different courses here and I love how that. they know that, that is looking at the excited. soil so they're able to look and see the silt deposits and yeah. go okay once there was a riverbed here and how i learned about this was watching a like something on the mystery of the pyramids and what they were used for. And they know that they're almost like tomb-like, but empty. What's with that? Well, they think that the water flowed under it and it was a chamber that either created light or emitted a sound that, you know how you can hear like singing bowls and they create a tone that is very calming and pleasing. So they think it was a way, it was either a nightlight for that somehow running water underneath created an energy that made almost like a a glow in some way that, because there's, they're How empty. Weird. They're only they're only these very precise, geometrically angled uh, that like tunnels. Me, out. me too. I get crazy goosebumps thinking about that, and because it's like a mystery. And we we've, we've all I grew up thinking that they were tombs. They've never found ever under all the excavation, all of the Anything? laser. They've never ever ever found a mummy in those pyramids. Mummies are buried in tombs that have. Uh, that are not like the pyramids are all flat on the side. But is there anything in there at all? No, they're hollow. They're empty. If I showed you the inside. No shovels. No. Uh, they're like, uh, they're, they're t- cat, like tunnels that, that are at a very precise angle. So there are these caverns, and that's what they say made the sound and made, or made the light. Is it bouncing off of those mm-hmm. specific angles that... Right, it's math. It's math. Yeah. That's what we're looking at here. It's more, and they said that it was polished, like we see it how it is today, but then it was like polished. It was so shiny and super smooth, and everything was very reflective, and it looked different. We're seeing it 5,000 years later, and it's a little dirty. You yeah, know? it's so, picked up some picked dust. Up, yeah, it's, it's aged. It's vintage. So, you know, so like if you take away all that and you look at where was the Nile River at that time, it either flowed right next to or right underneath it, creating, mm-hmm. we know water creates energy. So those waterways, don't throw that map out is the point. Hold yeah. on to it because it might right. be useful or tell you something about the civilization, civilization that came before it. Yeah. I mean, in the end, the article was suggesting like, trust, trust your resources, use them, don't get tricked yep. into believing things, the facades, and use your brain. Mm-hmm. You have them inside of you, these instincts. Mm-hmm. Use them and don't... It's almost like you tr- you think, 
you you trick your brain into believing lies. Yeah. That's what it was saying. And this is true of like when people get lost all the time or in a, a survival oh. situation, your mind plays tricks on you. Yeah. So you really have to stay focused. I think it's the fear that takes over. Probably. I think when you in, in, include fear that it puts us in... I was talking about this in a previous episode about how when our brain is triggered with a trauma or something, it shuts down that rational side that allows us to take a look back and look at the big picture and think, how does this, what's the context and all that stuff? It's more reactive. Yeah. So I think when you're in a survival mode and your life's at stake, you're so reactive that you stop thinking, okay, wait a sec. What's the, let me think about this whole situation. Let me think about, let me get my bearing. Let me look at my, the information around me, your survival mode. Yeah. It shuts that down. I'm going to put it in the newsletter, though, because I read it so long ago that I'm not doing it justice, but it was really an interesting yeah, I like that. article that I thought was helpful. That's a class I wanted to take. What do they call that? Map reading? There's a oh. cool name for it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a real, it's, I can't remember what it is. There's they, a whole class Yeah, about they, it? they teach them at, uh, or hold classes at REI for this stuff mountaineering and like map reading okay and you can do all these geo challenges where they're like teams how many ways go. are there to read a map just one but i think you need to learn how the, like certain symbols and certain teaches you it's a name for it. like something with a t i don't have to look that up too <laughs> it's like it's, a, it's a cool name like i know i'm disappointed in map you today. reading yeah i got nothing i read a really cool article about it well it was I thought it was an article, but it ended up being more of a graphic. It analyzed the vocabulary of hip-hop artists <gasps> cool. com- compared to Shakespeare. Cool! And, like, which artists... Tell me, tell me, tell okay. me. Um, who would you guess is okay. super high? Because I don't know a okay. lot of these people. Okay, you might... okay, okay. So we're talking a I lot do of rappers. Know this I'm going to guess person. Common. Oh, he was middle. He was middle? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, the highest was... I know. Shocking. Okay. Um, I know that Lil Wayne used the word Machiavelli in or some word that was so big. I was like, is Lil Wayne on there? He probably is. I don't know. I was like, dude, that I is just, a that he used a word that I like. So, I'm like, damn, that's a, a reference. A lot of the ones that were super high, I hadn't heard of. They were obscure, more obscure. Okay, I'm but the one that was high that I recognized it was be Kanye West. Wu Tang. Oh, Wu Tang Clan. Oh, and yeah, like okay. the Red Man. Yeah. Is he in that? Yeah. Method, Method Man. Man. Yeah. Them separately Rizza. as well were yeah. up high. Totally. They're smart. Yeah. Super, super smart. Right. Yeah. And who did we meet? Red Men or Red yeah. Redman? Yes. Redman. Redman. Yeah. yeah. Like that's Redman, his last like name. his last name. <laughs> yeah. That's who we met? Yeah. Yeah. He seemed yeah. smart. Yeah. Oh and super God. nice. Super nice and so cute and like took a picture and was so happy. Eminem and uh, Kanye were in the middle. Yeah. Um, oh. they, they were in the same category as Shakespeare. And it was just fun. It was like an interactive chart. Like it that was, is super cool. Yeah, it talked about like it would show the number of different words they used, and um, you know it's an it's a real poetic it art form. It is so poetic. It is poetry in every way. I mean, uh, Eminem was on the higher end mm-hmm. of the spectrum, but there were some the article pointed out that were so far off. The chart that they had to, they skewed oh God, the that's chart. Amazing. That's amazing. To even include them because they were just like so far yeah. in that other direction. I hear people who are really gifted lyrically and can rap and can write music like that. And it 
is every way as impactful as poetry. I mean, it's so cool. Okay, wait. Here, you can look at it. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. See if you uh, know right. these people. Where's Cardi B? I didn't. I know. Are there I'm women? Kidding. I I don't remember. Oh, Wu Ting. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, like every member. Right. I was so impressed Dude. with them. Who? Oh, comments right there. Okay. Most deaf. Yeah, I would have guessed that. Anybody from the Fujis? Wyclef. I'm sure he's Where on are here they? too. Oh, you know what's hard is that. Oh, I see. Ice Cube. Ice Cube's like right in the middle. I need to see their Who's names because the a lot of, the of them list? I'm like, I don't recognize their. Oh, I it just has click. their faces. Yeah, it has their face. And, you know, I wonder if you click on their picture. Oh, no. Yeah, here if you go. do here it on oh, your. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is so fun. I know, right? Oh, yep. Outcast. Outcast. Totally. Right. Uh, big Boy. Yep, yep. I mean, Big from Boy, Agnes. yeah. Yep. Red Man is freaking. We had no idea. Crushing it, Ghostface right? Killer. Yeah, okay, there you go. Who is this one at the very end? Aesop Rock. Aesop Rock, yeah. Who the hell is that? He's a white guy who's I like, know, I was yeah. annoyed by that. And he, but he's white guy who's like with it, though. Like, he's not like... He's I, like the white common? Yeah, he's like accepted by that rap oh. community. Like, he's like really Yeah, but it's not as mainstream as Eminem. It's more subculture, which is almost cooler yeah. than that. Well, he's like know? off the charts. Yeah, oh my God. Every single, the RZA, Issa, everybody's there. And Shakespeare is on the graphic, so In then the you can see like what we're dealing with. Oh, Tech Nine. Wow. Tech Nine. <laughs> Exhibit. Sarah. Tech Nine song, the one, the one that I even got into is so funny because it's about Malibu rum and it's a song about alcohol. So to see him like outperforming <laughs> Shakespeare is like hilarious to me. I well, want to see who the really shitty okay. ones are. Oh, wait, let's oh. make a teaser because while, while you think about who yep. might that be, we need to talk about how oh, yeah. much we love these knives that we got. They're so good. Here's the deal, Suze. Yeah. Call, I, they're Meeson knives. Yes, Meeson knives. And, you know, you were the one who told me after reading the Anthony Bourdain yes. book that you really only need... Uh, you need a chef's knife yeah. and, like, a paring knife. Yes. Yeah. And we got them. We got them. I was scared to use them for the first, like, week because they were so sharp. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to cut my finger off. <laughs> so I picked up some knife skills, and now I am chopping like a mad woman. Well... So, yeah, I read the Anthony Bourdain book, Kitchen Confidential, and he talks about it. Like, why do we have these, like, gigantic butcher's box of right. knives that we don't even use? You I tend to I just grab the same one yes, every time. totally true. So, Meeson created this gorgeous, high-end knife that's an essential for your kitchen because it is, no joke, the best knife I've ever had. I have a really nice knife set. Yeah. Like, you know, Landon really cares about, you yeah. know, the cooking and the knives. And I held the two in my hands. The difference... In just weight, yeah, is undeniable. It's right. insane, and it helped that the way they designed it helps you have control. Oh. And so these knife sets are such a waste of space, and they waste your money. And this can replace ninety nine percent of what all the knives in your stand set do. And here is something that I didn't know, which is super cool. First of all, the New York Times calls Meeson the Holy Grail of knives. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they have free sharpening for life. <gasps> what? Yeah. Dude. You can send your knife back. That's They'll great. sharpen it and send it back, which is so cool. 
Uh, we've tried the Misa knife. It's amazing. We don't know how we ever cooked without it. Cooking's faster. It's more fun. And now you also can join in the fun of the kitchen. Uh, our listeners get 20% off their order simply by going to misen.co slash brain candy. That's M I S N, sorry, M I S E N dot C O slash brain candy and use our code brain candy uh, for 20% off your order. Misen.co slash brain candy. And don't forget to use our code brain candy. I'll put that on our sponsor page of the website as well so you can refer to that. It's amazing. Try it and let us know what you think. All right, all right, all right. Okay, everybody out there, you know what? When I say you'll be like, oh, I understand why. Uh, When you become famous more for your barking than for your rapping, it's usually an indication that... Who is that? DMX. Oh, for sure. sure. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, he's not. No. He's not my cup of tea. Stop it right now. Oh, I thought Drake would do better. Drake is like... Well, you know, they were... In the article, they were saying, like, this doesn't make them better or worse. Right, it's just the amount of words. That the, the, different the, the words. The different words that they used. And you, you know, can and be very smart and erudite without using tons of different Totally, words. and I, I would... If you looked at, like, poetry and what they were saying and the content... Like, Tupac only has 3,970 unique words, whereas Shakespeare has 5,170. So we're looking at 2,000 or, you know, 1,000, whatever that spread is, different amount of unique words. But if you look at his, the lyrics, and you read them, it is so moving, and And it is so deep, yeah, and it is so... Oh, this like, is just one metric. Yeah, yes, correct. That's a good thing to say. Man, that is really cool. Kendrick Lamar, I would put him on there too. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, it's fun. I love that. Yeah, that, that is so was, fun. Um, I was so 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 happy when Kendrick Lamar won the Pulitzer Prize or Nobel yeah, Prize. was it Pulitzer yeah. Prize? I mean, it just opens the door for that to be accepted as a type of. Poetry, poetry, writing. And, and you think about what poetry started as, and especially, you know, like Dante Alighieri, for example, who at the time right. was poo-pooed because he was writing in the language of the people, yeah. which is essentially what all these rappers are doing right now. Yeah. You're writing in the common vernacular, but not with any of the credit that, you know, some scholar would get, even though you're doing it way better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I really am so happy that, that, that Kendrick Lamar got the recognition yes. that he well deserved for that. Yeah. However, I'm not happy that I heard at the Emmys. It was just another, like, uh, the Emmys. Yeah. Didn't we recently have the Emmys? Yeah. Like just the other what happened? Like week. Uh, that there was. Um, oh. People say that it it, it was a facade of, um, diversity. Like yeah, yeah, there yeah. was this big like look at how diverse we are, but then when you look at the winners, there were almost no people of color or all the people who won were entire white casts with white, you know. We got a long like, way to go. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I know. Like I know, it's I know. it's good that they are acknowledging yeah. the ne- the need for mm-hmm. it, but then I think it takes a long time. It does, to but I don't want to go ahead and give all you know the whatever the 
group is some big pat on the back because like you know <laughs> right you, you don't get to like try harder yeah exactly Thank yeah you. Thank right you. stole right. the words right out of my mouth um okay oh i just briefly want to say i read this thing about how you know female anatomy is such a mystery to people oh. including females uh, incl- yeah right <laughs> me i'm like oh okay didn't but know that did that there <laughs> In the Atlantic, they did an article about how the clitoris is not drawn correctly, even <gasps> in medical textbooks. No. <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen those those old? There'll be drawings of animals, like when people first went out and explored those native lands or whatever. You know, like yeah, different yeah, yeah. lands. Yeah. And they'll come back with a drawing of what a monkey looked like, and it'll look like a monkey human hybrid because they don't have any. Right. Concept. They're still using their own. Yes. Right. That is what is happening here. And right. we've not picked up on it. It's so bad. Holy crap. So. I need some information. You know how like in reality it's like a. Oh, um, I'm familiar. The, <laughs> the shape of a wishbone where you have yeah. the bean. Yes. But I then. I going to use the word bean. <laughs> so I'm so glad that you. <laughs> but then inside yes. it like comes down like a wishbone and they weren't like doing that they weren't drawing that in medical textbooks so doctors were not learning oh my god it correctly and and for years and years and years even when there were women in medical school the women were not allowed in the same classes <gasps> as men no yes no because it was like uh immodest oh, to talk Christ about sake body parts we of, need to oh way more we need to make but it like the way penis, more comfortable to talk about penises and vaginas they're fine talking about penises oh, they they got that down they do you are right it's our bodies that are like i don't think forbidden. a lot of women could even draw what absolutely a vagina not looks like. and then the understanding that that nerve pat that the clitoris is attached to which is where all that pleasure sensation everything drives from yes extends down through the vagina inside which is why there you can have internal stimulation and still achieve an orgasm but it's more difficult sure because you're hitting the end of the nerve yeah you're you there's some a little buffer yeah but it's all the same i mean it's all part of like the same thing right and that is definitely not information that men have based on my experience with them. That's the thing is like, there's so many problems. I don't even know where, what to fight for first. Do I want equal pay? Do I want them to understand my body correctly? Whatever it is. I just feel like this. You are right. There's so many categories. This is, this often happens as a therapist, when you're working with a client and they have a lot of insight yeah. and they go, I see all these changes that I need to make in my life, but this is too much. Like I know everything I have to do, but I can't even, rem- I know. And I can say this because I also know this at myself as a, where it's like, Oh my God, I have to remember to eat breakfast and lunch. And now I'm going to do all this. Like it seems so overwhelming. Please. Gentlemen, yeah. people, fellas, let's start one step at a time. Let's break things down into smaller pieces. Yeah. What do you got? What do you think step one here, though? I think step one is gotta be communication. When I interviewed the brilliant Nell Scavell, yeah. who everyone really should read her book, Just the Funny Parts, not just because it's great and entertaining about the television industry, but also about 
gender and workplace and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I asked her, you know, what can we do to teach our kids, our sons, oh, to, to be better? And she goes, well, you could start by not skipping a generation. We need to teach our husbands and our <laughs> brothers and mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. that are in our lives. That's what I mean by communication. That's right. That's it. You have to talk. Yeah. You have to say, here's where yes. you're missing the mark. And this is how I have to do this so so much. It's like with with myself, with my family, with every oh my client. God. Little it's communication constant. exchange. I feel blank because blank, or like I feel blank when you blank because blank. Right. I feel hurt when you say those things because it makes me feel insecure. Yeah. Uh, you have to learn. We have to learn that formula. I feel blank when you blank because blank. And if you can learn how to communicate like that and then reflect that in another person, that is the start to everything. That well, is step and one. It, as long as both people are just like fair and honest yeah. and open, it can be a real learning thing. But that's hard to find. Because it triggers people. defenses yeah. so fast. But like. Especially with sex stuff. I and saw, the anatomy of the clitoris. Oh my God. As soon as you start to say something, that man goes, whoa. <laughs> Whatever they say, all of a sudden right. they become like. It's okay. Yeah. I'm like, th- we don't even understand it. No. It doesn't make sense to us. Right. And it changes. And God forbid I have a child. And then guess what? You're going to get a new lecture because it's going to change. Did you see the post Amy Schumer did last week about. Like men who joke, like yes, I don't know how to act yes. around women anymore. Yep, I sure did. And she was, I like, wanted to retweet. I wanted to repost that. Don't make a joke. Just ask. Yeah, ask me. Yeah, and we'll answer mm-hmm. what's okay and what's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. It's like they feel this thing of like, well, I just don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. So it's the same thing. I was watching an episode of Full Frontal with Samantha B, and one of her correspondents is. Uh, a woman of color and she was talking about how she went to some Republican convention or something. She noticed that white people get really nervous around her and they don't even know how to refer to her. Do you refer to her as black African-American? She was like, guess what? Ask me. Say, which do you prefer? And then they just answer and they tell you you the exact, and I did it and it totally works. And you just say, well, which do you prefer? Do you prefer like, you know, when in conversation, do you prefer black or do you prefer African-American? They'll go, oh, well, I'm okay with either, but I usually refer to myself as black. And you go, okay, from now on, that's how I'll talk to you. And that's it. That's the end of the conversation. And then that person goes, thank you for seeing me, recognizing me, not getting all weird. Yeah. I spent a lot of time getting weird, like myself, where I was like, I don't know. I feel like I want to be careful, but I don't know. Just ask. Yeah. Just ask the female. I feel like that's still around um, people who aren't able-bodied in a traditional sense. I, I'm always like, I'm totally going to do the wrong thing. Yeah, you get nervous, and then that ner- that anxiety, yeah, turns into more right. awkwardness. But if we could teach ourselves, like, mm-hmm. to just be more like, hey, am I doing this wrong? Because yeah. you can just let me know because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think people respond to that generally. Yeah. What do you prefer? Do you like it to take care of it? Do you like it when you do it yourself? Yeah. Or would you prefer a little help in this? And they'll go, oh, well, I'm good myself, but if I need help, I'll ask you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Right. That's it. And we've learned all this because you idiots don't know what a clitoris looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I found it really shocking, but not, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. come on. Nobody but then- teaches that. Where that, do you go to learn that? There was you that, literally uh, have to to seek the information yourself. Nobody is gonna, yeah. And like 
just if like that episode of uh, Orange is the New Black when they like used mirrors and like we're looking at up into their mm-hmm. like, oh I never saw that I never knew it was I like remember that. the day I did that for the first time it is fascinating journey yeah um, I even still own the mirror that I used whoa yeah it's like this nice vintage like hand mirror with like a Good metal back and like I, I wasn't sticking it up there I was just hovering <laughs> over it it's since been cleaned probably you know what else you should clean is your face absolutely because if you're like me and you have problem skin, there's a solution, and it's called BioClarity. And even if you don't have problem skin, you still need to wash still your freaking face. face clean. And BioClarity is an awesome three-step uh, skincare routine that is soothing but effective. And come on now, if you you can get the clear skin routine for oily or breakout-prone skin. You can get the essentials routine if you have normal skin. And here's what I wanted to say. I kept thinking about this because I've been introduced to these other competitors that are freaking expensive. Yeah. This is affordable. Oh, my God. No joke. It is as effective, if not more, and a fraction of the cost. I mean, $42 for a face wash. Are you out of your GD mind? Right. No way. I can get four months of that on my And when you put the whole system together, it's hundreds of hundreds. dollars a month. This is so easy, and it takes care of everything for me. And they have the masks now, the clarifying and the hydrating masks. And now you can treat your whole body because they no. have beauty. No. Beauty Boost and Beauty Supplement and Sudsy, which is a body, a body wash. wash. Yeah, I knew you were going to be into it. Oh. Because Sarah's my. got buns issues. I do. And she wants to clean been, it right well, up. Because I use the, I almost feel like she's I need been using BioClarity on her buns. My legs. Maybe they heard what you said I and were like, hey, I was we like, should. yo, that works in my butt bumps. I'm going to need a full size thing <laughs> of this for my. Well, now you can get it. Get started on healthier habits with your skincare. Just go to BioClarity.com. Our listeners will get 15% off their entire first purchase, plus shipping is free when you buy a routine. And it comes with 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter our code BRAINCANDY. That's BioClarity.com and enter code BRAINCANDY. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have a guest named Marley Grace, and she wrote a really adorable little book called how How to not always be working a toolkit for creativity and radical self-care i love that well we all need that give me that book exactly right that's what she says when i speak to her she's like this book happened because we need this book we really do i'm i might be out of a job if people just get this (laughs) it's a real problem that we have as a, a society because a lot of us work from home or yeah. or have jobs that are kind of like hmm. you do some of it at home, you're on social media, you get emails throughout the night, even when you're at home on the weekends. Yeah. And so nobody ever really stops working. And so we're almost doing things to create more work for ourselves. Totally. And 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 like simplifying the other things that used to be self-care. Yeah. In an attempt to do more work. Yeah. And that's backwards. It's so backwards. And it it will catch up with you. Yeah, it does. In fact, I'm feeling that now as I deal with this migraine, um, is that your body will tell you eventually. Yes, it does. Body keeps score. Yes. And this Marley Grace's little book here, it's great to keep like on your nightstand. Just Mm, have it. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's little exercises in it for you to do. She challenges you to try a few things that she recommends. Having a bedtime ritual. Oh, so important. Things like 
that are so simple, like candles or, um, you know, a time of silence and putting your phone in a box. And I love, I love that. Yeah. Having shutdown time is important. So important. So you can get her advice in this interview, but also you should check out her book, How to Not Always Be Working. Welcome, Marley Grace. Um, First of all, congratulations on your book. How are you feeling? Thank you. Uh, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling ready for it to exist in the world. That's exciting. Have you gotten um, a lot of feedback yet or is it still too early? It's, it's still a little early, but I think the, you know, the title kind of speaks for itself. And I think the overall feedback is I need that. And so I feel like that's a good, uh, omen that people need it just like I need it. It so, is, yeah. but it's a bummer that we do need it. Cause we freaking do need it. Um, yes. we live in this world where, well, at least in the U S where it seems like working constantly is, you know, deemed virtuous in some way. And so it seems like your goal is to push back against that and be like, you know what, maybe we should take care of ourselves. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it's accurate. And I think it's also that we think everyone else, like, I think sometimes Mm. people look at me and they're like, wow, you do so much. And like my inner critic is like, you're never, there's no such thing as actually doing enough. Mm. So I think the goal is also to paint this picture of like, how do we stop comparing ourselves to others, to ourselves and other seasons of our lives, et cetera, et cetera. And that there's like the only way to really understand what your own balance with work is, is like a self, a self actualization, self, uh, criticism, but in the good way. So, well, and you kind of do this tremendous job of describing how people can get some sort of balance because we can't, if we want to be successful in a traditional sense, you kind of have to be involved technologically. And so you do Mm, such a great mm -hmm. job of describing the balance. Do you have like a couple tips for people so they know what direction you take it from? Yeah. I mean, I I think I joke somewhere in the book (laughs) that the book could really be a one page (laughs) pamphlet that just says, turn your phone off, go outside, hang out with your friends and don't tell anyone you did it. Like it's, you know, it's, I I love, you know, I built a career using my phone, using social media and having a reach that way. And I'm really grateful for it, but it's also, constantly changing. It's more addictive than ever before. There's certain changes that really affect small business owners. So I think just like, how do we pay attention to our real lives and our aliveness and being with real people? Even if you have a digital or online business, I think is important. And yeah, I mean, my real tip is like the off button, you know, like when's the last time you didn't just go on airplane mode, but really turned your phone off. Um, And then I really love the app moment, which tells me how long I'm on my phone and what apps I'm using the most. And it's really scary sometimes. Um, But (laughs) is it surprising when you see the results? Um, sometimes Mm. I'm usually like, yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) But there, I've definitely hit some like six hour days where I'm like, oh, okay, that's okay. Like no (laughs) podcast listening, just straight up six hours. Um, and you know, I think my other tip is just like with, when navigating my book or like any self-help book or facing your work is to just 
turn judgment into noticing and just be like, Mm. you know, like if I'm like, I hate myself for, for whatever, you know, for not having balance or working too much or being on my phone, it's like, that doesn't really help me change. And so I think just being like, okay, I'm noticing X, Y, and Z. How can I be different now? Yeah. Here's some information and then do with it what you need to do. Yeah. And like, I like how you call it phone healing. (laughs) Mm, I think that's such a good way to put it because we do need to heal, man. Yes, yes, we do. Whenever you uh, were describing like some techniques, I really was impressed with the idea about creating almost like it's like a box for your phone. Mm -hmm. And I like how you encouraged people to, you know, jazz it up and make it kind of a special place. Where did that come from, that idea? That idea is borrowed from Caroline Paquita, who is a total weirdo, amazing (laughs) writer and illustrator who has her own risograph zine and press in New York City. And she's also like someone who talks really publicly about addiction. And we have actually never met. So she, again, is like someone who I know through technology. I used to sell her zines in my shop in Michigan and we just really connected. And she just kind of offered that to me one day is like, get a box, like get a box and put your phone in the box. Um, and I love the dressing it up because again, I think I'm all, what I'm really trying to do is like, and I loved, I read Catherine Price's book, how to, how to break up with your phone. And I loved that book. And I love Caroline's idea because it's like, it's not about, you know, I got a flip phone. I've tried a lot of different things, you know, deactivated all my accounts before. And it's like, I really, I really am hopeful that there's a way to like, you know, I love using my phone to like FaceTime friends who are far away or be in touch with my parents who live far away. I love sharing my joy and my sorrow, like to thousands of people on the internet. I'm very lucky, but it also causes me a lot of harm and a lot of brain fog. And so if there's a way to put it in the box and be like, but it's a beautiful place phone that is so magical, like that is really filled with power but can also be really destructive so yeah yes like I'm all I kind of get annoyed whenever people demonize the phone um sure because I like you have so many things that I do on my phone that have enhanced my life and empowered me and Mm -hmm. um, allowed me to like work around the patriarchy and stuff like that so I feel really Uh, grateful about those things. But then Mm -hmm. what you're suggesting is, yeah, you can be grateful, but also aware. And just you named three things. Like you said, get a watch, get an alarm clock and get a disposable (laughs) camera. And I was like, that is such great advice because we don't have them anymore. And we use our phone for those things. Mm -hmm. On early on in the book, you mentioned feminism Um, within capitalism. And I was wondering if you could expand for our listeners about what that has to do with your, the concepts in your book. Sure. (laughs) Um, wow. That's a good one. Uh, you know, let's see who I, (laughs) you know, I'm a queer woman. I'm a punk. I'm, you know, covered in tattoos. I dress like a weirdo and I am a freak. I, I live in a tiny cabin in the woods. Like I, and I, you know, and I, but I'm a, 
you know, I've been my own boss and I'm a business owner and have been for six years and exist in, you know, a world that is, you know, doesn't see people like me. And I, and I still carry a lot of privilege as, you know, as a white person, as an able-bodied person, as a cisgendered person. And I, and in the book, I try to, you know, address that, you know, it is certainly written from my experience. My experience is going to be very different than other people who have more privilege than me, who have less privilege and less access than I do to certain things. But I have learned, and I've really learned, again, like through the internet by seeing other mostly women or non-binary business owners who who run a business in a feminine feminist way, who give their money to organizations that make huge impacts, who, you know, have sliding scale for their services, who are committed to their work, but are also, um, you know, giving back to different communities. And so I think that that's, that's sort of my, my, you know, my, my hope for the book is that we can exist in capitalism and still enjoy our lives. And especially for those of us who do have a bigger platform or a bigger voice that we can use that to uplift other voices who maybe need, you know, more, more of a platform than we do. And so, and yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is I suggest certain things like get a watch, get an alarm clock. And I'm also like, go get them at a garage sale. You know, it's, (laughs) it's, it's tricky. I'm, I'm always riding this wave between, you know, buy this thing and like, "Mm, don't buy this thing, actually go make it. Um, and so I think I'll always be in that middle space and I'm always trying to learn, from others and from myself, what, what that looks like. But that's, that's what what I felt so encouraged by because you talk openly about that gray area in Mm. a variety of, of part of contexts. And then you just say like, I don't know, I don't have all the answers and here's what it looks like for me. And I prefer that to an author who's like, here's the solution. It fits everybody. So I like that. Whenever you think about the gray area, like you mentioned, reading a book at bedtime to wind down, but the book's about maybe something you know, with regards to your work and how that makes sense mm-hmm. for you. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you know, I one of there's a I have a, I included a few different contributors in the book, and it's funny the word noticing comes up. But Angel Nafis, who's a poet, you know, talks about her, you know, being a poet and having that be your job and your art practice is Mm. literally just noticing. So Mm. if you're awake, you're, she's working, you know, she is in the practice of noticing because that's how she finds information that she turns into a a poem, which I feel the same as a, as a dancer and as a quilter. It's like, that's sort of the funny part of the book. Yeah. It's like if, if you're an artist or a person who's integrating your life experience into your work, you're, you are always working. But, and again, I, I it's like, I don't want to demonize the phone and I don't want to demonize work. I love, I love my work, but I think, um, that's where the gray area, it is important to me to really have, to have really found things that are totally separate from, my work and I'm like laughing in my head right now because I'm like what could I list right now and I'm like Um, and you know like I feel like going to the movies is sort of that for me Um, again like I then usually tell people what movie I go to but maybe not all the time anyway so yeah I think that that's 
that's where I'm like, and that is where it's really important to me to say in the book and hear that it's like, I'm, I am always going to be figuring this out. I don't have any agenda to write a self-help book that has me being like, and now for the answer, (laughs) like, I don't, that's not going to work. I like reading books like that, but that's not, uh, that is not what I have presented. Yeah. It's, I like the optimism, but I mean, for me, it's always like, what, that can't be the answer for everyone. But I mean, yeah. I feel the same way. Like I'm, I write stand-up comedy, and so it's the same as poetry. You're always trying to notice things about human mm. behavior and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. So if you're awake, and especially if you're dealing with other human beings, you're all you always <laughs> feel like you're working. What is? What do you mean when you say? And I know it's kind of self-explanatory, but for our listeners, why do you say there's no such thing as messing up? Uh um. I say that because, you know, I'm, I think that I can, I can track over the last maybe 15 years, like where the quote unquote messing up is. And I can pretty clearly be, be like, yeah, I'm really glad that happened, you know, because it, uh, yeah, I mean, my, you know, part of my personal story is I'm, I've been sober for the past seven years and I got, I was married and got divorced and I've had, you know, just sort of some personal ups and downs that someone could be like, Ooh, that kind of, you kind of messed up that one or, you know, little Mm -hmm. snags in my business or, and, and that's also sort of from like a quilting sewing perspective is a lot of times when I quote mess up, it just becomes part of the, final product and so yeah I have this poem that I wrote once about being a tornado person where I feel like I'm a tornado person like I just kind of um I'm fast moving and I can like leave destruction sometimes (laughs) and I think that there's some like acceptance in that and like trying to find the mix between being humble and owning that that's just part of who I am. So I think that's part of the, there's no messing up. Like if I can turn the mess up into a sweet moment to connect with a person and be like, Ooh, I don't think that maybe went the way we thought it would. Um, there's a lot more room for sort of the mystery, the acceptance of the mystery to happen. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but like when I'm talking to other people, I'm very forgiving and, and, you know, sympathetic towards them, but my inner voice is so mean to me. And I was so grateful that in your book, you sort of acknowledged how we can do that to ourselves and the ways that we can maybe provide a little self-love. And why do you think that's so dang hard? You know, yeah. In the book, I, (laughs) publicly admit that my I've named my inner voice Roger at one point <laughs> and Roger is an asshole <laughs> he's really really rude um but it, what it's do you nice think it, his for me is? you know he's someone a sort of like a spiritual mentor of mine you know did point out to me before that Roger Roger's trying to protect me, but he just doesn't quite go at it the right way. Like I can sort of like take some of the information he's saying and be like, okay, like I get it, but I'm going to, I'm going to go a different route here. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I think it's a practice 
practice and I think writing really helps me and like an exercise of just writing, writing out affirmations of, and it kind of goes back to those, like, how can I look at the messy parts of myself that my inner critic is telling me are terrible and just sort of acknowledge them and, and, and be like, okay, like that is kind of part of me and like almost laugh at it. But yeah, my, my inner, inner voice can be very loud and very mean. And I think it, you know, if I kind of just greet it with a curiosity, it it can be helpful to to talk back to it in a nice way. Well, I sh- I'm going to give it a whirl, all your advice, and see if it helps. Um, Great. <laughs> what is it that, when you think about the book, that you think people should ask, but maybe haven't asked you yet, or you want them to ask you? Hmm. I mean, I think, well, it was interesting to just hear you say, I'm going to take your advice and see if it works. (laughs) Like, I think that's what I'm, you know, so the book, the book started as a little self-published zine three years ago. So this concept has existed in the world for three years. It's not a new concept that I've been talking about or, but I think I want people, like I, I'm, you know, and I finished writing the book a year, a year ago, basically, you know, in the, in the timeline of publishing. So it's like, I'm already dealing with new problems or new things I'm trying to solve. So I guess the questions are like, what's, what did work from the book? Like what isn't working, what it can change. And I think that's where I hope again, that the book is not like a complete answer. It's just sort of, if anything, I I hope a conversation starter for people and for me to ask myself, like what needs to shift and knowing that you can always sort of start over. Well, I I do think it it will. And I'm excited for our listeners to read it. I I know my husband, he already stole my copy from me and he doesn't (laughs) read anything at all. So I know that this is probably what you said where everyone's like, yeah, we need this real bad. Um, I ask everybody one last thing, which is uh, what do you keep in the trunk of your car if you have a car? (laughs) Uh, In the trunk of my car is coolant because my Subaru Forester leaks coolant and (laughs) a... um, coat because i live in a in northern california where the weather's always changing that's funny you're ready for the air conditioning or (laughs) if you are get too cold that's so funny do you do you feel like your body temperature varies greatly i stay pretty consistent i mean i live in a place that's sort of you know i live on the coast and it's sort of always feels like autumn here and my you know I also moved to a place that my body wanted to be in temperature wise I left Michigan after 28 years because I didn't want to see snow anymore and I've lived here for the last two so my body has acclimated well to the fog (laughs) and the you are where you belong now okay yes I love that you have a nice trunk Uh, (laughs) all right well you're off the hook and i really appreciate both your book and you talking to me and i can't wait to hear what other people think of it thank you thanks so much for having me on your show of course and i'll let you know when the interview's up thank you okay cool sounds great have a great day you too bye marley
Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.